Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 22, verse 9. Let's go. Chapter 22, verse 9. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. So we talked last time, he was saying, this angel was saying, don't bow down to him because he is the fellow servant of John, right? Angels are there to minister to us. That's one of their roles. We're not to bow down to them. We're not to bow down to each other. We talked about that last week. The back half of that verse says, and of those who keep the words of this book. And if we look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 let's read that it says blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near so in revelation 1 3 god promised a blessing to those who read and hear the book of revelation here it's repeated this blessing basically to those who keep the words of his of this book and live them out. So earlier it was in Revelation one three. It was about reading and hearing. Now it's about keeping the word. So we want to read the Bible. We want to hear the Bible, and we want to keep the in spirit with the Bible to keep your life as a living testimony. To Jesus, so that you are the hands and feet to people, because they're going to see you. And I go back to this analogy all the time because it's so simple to understand. Kindergarten show and tell. You would show something to someone. Here's my. I was teaching a sixth grade Bible study yesterday, and one of the boys said he remembered taking a record player to kindergarten. So you'd say you'd show, and here's my record player, and then you'd tell him about it, right? He was like, "This is I got it from my dad." Blah blah blah, and that's what we're to do. We're to show people who Jesus is by our actions, by our deeds, by what we do, by how we behave, by how we interact, by being kind and caring and loving, not rearing up, not fighting, not doing all these things. And most of us, myself included, if not all of us, have a tendency to do these things. We rear up, we get defensive, we get angry, we may lose our temper, we may say words we don't, whatever it may be. But it's also an opportunity to ask forgiveness, to say, you know what, I screwed up in getting impatient, being angry, whatever the case may be, would you forgive me? We get to live out those, the the deeds, that live out the Bible, and when we screw up, that's part of living out the Bible and being sanctified is being conformed and asking forgiveness of God and of the people that we hurt so that we can tell them about Jesus. They're like, something's different, because people aren't used to people apologizing, especially for no reason and unprovoked and unasked for, so... When you get to apologize for to someone, it's it's powerful. Um, so may we all do that. May we be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I'm going to read that verse 9 again because it ends with uh, two words. So it says, Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, period. Worship God, period. So what he's saying is, don't worship me. Don't worship Anything else. Don't worship money. Don't worship sports. Right? What are you doing with sports? Are you taking time away from your family and your spouse on Sundays to watch football all day? Or golf? Are you 
taking time away from your kids to go be with you know your drinking buddies uh, at nights or on the weekends what what are you doing to honor god think about it and what what are you doing what are some things or one thing that you're doing that may be taking your eyes off of the prize and not worshiping god but you're worshiping something else yourself another person an ideal something that you're you think people want you to do and you don't want to lose that friend group so you just keep doing it it's very simple right here it says worship god may we all do that and keep our eyes on the prize that is the goal of everything verse 10 and he said to me do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book okay way too many pastors do not teach revelation and way too many believers do not read revelation why because they say it's too complicated there's too many complications we can't understand it it's not possible to understand it's going to create confusion it's going to create dissension among the congregation that's hogwash if as you've discovered through this study with me it's pretty easy to understand revelation you just have to use the rest of the bible like daniel ezekiel and especially uh, the prophetic uh, books and prophecies so that you understand parts uh, of revelation so it comes to life because if you don't bring those books into this you're not going to understand it and if you don't bring revelation into those books you're not going to understand a lot of those books so together they they bring completion and a whole to understanding and that's why we say that genesis and Re- genesis and revelation not only are the bookends of the bible because they're the first and last books but the the, the bookends of the bible because without without them things are just going to fall over right if you think of a bookshelf in a physical sense if you don't have those bookends the books are just going to fall over they're not going to stand up and the same is true with genesis and revelation if you don't have a good grasp on genesis and revelation your the rest of your understanding of the rest of the books of the Bible probably just going to fall over. You're going to miss quite a bit uh, of what's going on, um, and, and you're going to be swayed by the world a lot more because they're going to they've hijacked that word science. Unfortunately, uh, even though God is omniscient, He is all science. He is the chief scientist. He's the one who created all the scientific laws that we are just discovering. Um, so. You got to be strong. You got to be ready in season, out out of season. You got to understand the whole counsel of God. And it's very, you know, this is very digestible to understand the general layout and timeline, which I would summarize as follows. You had creation. Then Jesus came down to live with us in in the flesh. He was killed. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't fight back. He let it happen. And then he rose from the dead. And he took that sin, he took your sin, he took my sin upon himself, individually for us, but offered universally to everyone. And then we had the church age. That's what we're still in. At the end of the church age, church age, we'll have the rapture. That'll complete the church age. Then you'll have a seven-year tribulation. Then a 1,000-year millennial kingdom. Then Satan will be sent to the lake of fire, followed by all unbelievers... And then you'll have the eternal kingdom with a new heaven and a new earth for believers to be with God forever and ever and ever. Revelation is not to be shut closed and untaught by pastors and unread by people. Instead, God is clearly telling us that revelation is not to be sealed 
which is to say that it is to be opened, to be taught, to be read, and to be studied so that you can understand God more fully. Remember, this is the only book of the Bible, the only book that has a special blessing attached to it. Let's read that again in Revelation 1.3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. Let me rephrase that. You're blessed if you read and hear the book of Revelation. The only book of the Bible where it promises a blessing if you read it and hear it. Of course you're blessed by reading and hearing every other book of the Bible, but God makes a specific point in writing to remind us how important this book is. All right? So if you avoid reading it, if you avoid studying it, or if you study it once and then put it away never to be read again, then, well, you're only hurting yourself and your relationship with God. So read and understand this book. It's an incredible one. And so he says, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Remember, there are times, it was to Daniel, and he said to, uh, to seal this up. This is back in time. There's something that he didn't want uh, to be revealed at that time. This one he's saying, do not seal up. He's saying, I want you to share this with the people of your day. For the time is at hand. And we should understand that the, that God is coming quickly. He's already come once, and he's gonna. so we know he is, he's faithful and true because he said he was going to come, and he did come. Now he said he's going to come again, and he's going to come rapidly, which in our timing is hard because we think rapid, and we think microwave. It's going to be ready in 30 seconds. It's gonna, we're going to pop it in the convection oven. It's going to be ready in four and a half minutes, right? We're not used to this. When God says rapidly, that could be thousands of years. But that's his timetable because to God, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. Verse 11, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. So this is a statement clarifying the eternality, the eternal effects of the decision that we make during this one lifetime. You may live 100 years, 70 years, 40 years, or 20 years, or whatever. But the decision that you make to reject Jesus or to accept him as your Lord and Savior is one that has eternal, forever consequences. For those who reject Jesus, either explicitly saying, Jesus is not God, evolution is my church, there is no God, I'm going to become a God, Mormons, I have to I have to go to this intermediary because God's sacrifice was not enough, so I have to continue to repent of my sins. I have to do circles and crawl on my knees and make a pilgrimage and do all this stuff. Mm-mm. That's the rejection of Jesus and what he did for you, the death that he did on the cross, the, the work that he did on the cross, the finished work. He said, it is finished. You don't need to do anything else. All you have to do is accept me. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So there's two paths, and you only have this lifetime to, to choose this path. Most of you listening to this have known, know someone close to you uh, who has died, and many of you know someone or are familiar with someone a friend of a friend, for example, with COVID and everything going on that died before what you would say is, you know, 
before their time. So instead of living to the average life expectancy of 67.2 years or 76.4 years or whatever that number might be, they died at 30 or 40 or 50 or 12 or 4. Right? We only have this lifetime. And we're not even promised tomorrow. God tells us that, uh, you know, this life is, is uh, I can't think of the verse right now, it, it's quick, it fades away, right? It's just, it's here today and gone tomorrow. So I'm encouraging you, if you haven't, make a decision for Jesus. Accept him. Invite him into your life, recognizing that he is your Lord and Savior, whether you call him that or not. He wants to be your Lord. He loves you no matter what you've done. He just wants you to turn to him and recognize that he's God, that he can take away the sins of the world. More importantly, that he can take away your sins. All you have to do to be washed of your sins is to accept him as your Lord and Savior. That's the choice. If you don't make that choice during this lifetime, there's no purgatory. There's no reincarnation. There's no second chance. There's no third chance. It's just this lifetime which is to say that you have millions of chances during this lifetime to accept Jesus. Every second that you're awake during the day, which is thousands of them, you have an opportunity to accept Jesus <clears throat> or to continue to reject him. Everybody will have a soul. Your soul will go on forever. It'll either live eternal condemnation in the lake of fire or you'll have eternal life with God in the eternal kingdom. I encourage you to choose the latter and it's very simple. All you have to do, it's not by deeds, it's not by works, it's not by being great, it's not by being reincarnated, it's not becoming better, it's not reducing or eliminating suffering. It is simply about accepting that what Jesus did on the cross, that he was God and he could do it, that it was sufficient to atone for you, your sins. It was sufficient to wipe your debt and your slate completely clean. He's your ransom and he's the redeemer. So it says right here, he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He, um, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. So the unjust, the filthy, will not make it into the eternal kingdom. Instead, they'll, be, they'll have eternal condemnation in the lake of fire. And then we get to, it says, let him be righteous uh, still. He is holy, let him be holy still. You're declared righteous when you come to Jesus because he is righteous and he clothes us in his righteousness. We're not righteous. Our deeds don't make us righteous. What we can do during this lifetime doesn't make us righteous. By simply accepting Jesus, we're covered in his right righteousness. And so we want to have eyes on eternity. A uh, wonderful pastor in San Antonio, and he had a church in Austin forever. Uh, he passed away from COVID, and my sister-in-law went to his church, goes to his church, and had these great, they made these great shirts after he's passed away. I have them. I love them. And they just say, eyes for eternity. I love wearing that around. It's a great reminder that our eyes should be fixed on eternity, which means we should be serving God right now, trying to lay up, store up for ourselves treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth. We're going to aim for something. So I might as well aim for things that are eternal and please God and glorify God and point people to God. May we all do that. Lord, help us to have eyes on eternity. Help us to look to you. Help us to place our faith and our trust in you, and for those who haven't, to do so. Help us to become more like you through our actions and through our words. Lord, help us not to be silent, not to ignore this book, not to put it away, but to study it, and study every other uh, book of the Bible, right? We're, we're to study the whole counsel of God, not just some of it. Help it to make, use all of these 
teachings and the, the Bible and our prayers and our interactions with people to become stronger for you and deeper in love with you so that we have the desire to tell more people about you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.